Shirley M. Tillman, the 19th president of Princeton University, will preside at these, the 256th commencement exercises of the university. President Tillman. The invocation will be pronounced by Dean Bridenthal. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Almighty, all-holy, all-merciful God, it is according to your gracious will that we flourish. May your blessing be on this university and on all whom we honor today, all our graduates and their families, and all whom we recognize for their exemplary work and witness. Keep us ever mindful of the covenant which binds us one to another. As we are devoted to the pursuit of truth, so may we be devoted to the achievement of fellowship. As we are disciplined in the attainment of knowledge, so may we be schooled in mercy and respect. As we are fierce in our defense of academic freedom, so may we be trustworthy in our dealings with those who disagree with us. Invigorate our wills with the energy of your love, that we may embrace the community that lies at the heart of everything. So may your challenge become our peace, and our peace your resting place. May your power rest on us today, and may all we say and do this day be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Please be seated. It is my pleasure this morning, on behalf of Princeton University, to welcome all of you to campus. I would like to extend warm greetings to families and friends who have gathered here to celebrate with the graduating seniors of the class of 2003 and with the recipients of advanced degrees from Princeton's graduate school. May I ask at this time that the parents and the grandparents, other family members and friends of today's graduating students rise and remain standing. the graduates for joining us in thanking your family and friends for the many contributions that they have made to your achievements today. Thank you. 
I would also like to thank all of those who have contributed to the success of the last six days in which we at Princeton have celebrated with our alumni and our students. From Margaret Miller, the staff of the Alumni Council, and the reunion chairs who worked so long and so effectively to bring 18,000 visitors to campus for the weekend. To Dean Bridenthal, who oversaw the baccalaureate service. To Dean Tom Dunn and the members of the class of 2003 who organized class day and the prom last night. And to the incomparable Anne Halliday, who manages it all with such grace under constant fire. I would especially like to extend thanks to the buildings and facilities staff, media services personnel, the staff in dining services and public safety who are here at the break of dawn and late into the night to affect these multiple transformations of the campus. They make events like today possible. The Latin salutatory will be delivered by Jesse Liebman, a senior from New York, New York. Amici. Condiscipuli, genitores, magistri, omnes vos qui rebus scholasticis estis praepositi, e pluribus unum, Princetonienses, salvicites, hodie, huc, nomine morum pristinorum congregati somos, ut vos condiscipulus meos, ani bismalesimi tertii, oratione exima ai notai latine, Concalibremus. <laughs> Principio, paucis verbulis humilibus, praesidem tilman saluto. Quae, sicuti lucretius, rerum naturam perpetuo scrutaris, et, tamquam minerva, Hanc universitatem sapientia praeclara gubernas. Nullo moratorio imperium tuum praecedator. <laughs> Curatores enim quoque jubeo valere, quorum inceptum ipsum, auribus nostris ingentes gemetus demanesque metus excitat. Denique paianes omnibus familiis nostris, quae profecto nec plus ultra sunt offero. Sed multo plus gratae quibestam caelestibus debetur. Tibi me hercule bacche, tibi primo interdeos nos gratulamur, propter quem candidum illud solium tam effusae propitiavimus.
Tibi optime milwaukeeensium libatione ultima gratias ingentes sero agemus. Ainea dum gene tricks alma venus te pro fecunditate tua sed non tua multiplicatione oneramus. Te laudamus Cypria in ventricum amoris catuli in ventricum amoris weri in ventricum istius quad ketera in venta longe exuperat zitho perspicula. <laughs> Minerva, Iovis filia patris, bellicosa sapientiae custos, ante te sempiterne grati nos prosternamus. Quasine quonam modo probationes comprehensivas, te sesque perficere poteramus? Mercury, Deus Wafer et Magnus Stelio, nos protot optimis excusationibus donatis die decanali gratias agamus. Sidiane, potens portarum liminumque, novorum inceptorum patrone, te maxime iane, rogamus ut acie benevolenti hunc ritum faueas. Brevi, per templum Fitzrandolfium, Augustum illud et venerabile, ambulabimus, non milites Romani, sed vindices modernitatis, olim tabula rasa, nunc documentis eruditionis armati. Oterque quaterque beati, sunt quibus sub his moinibus altis contigit vivere, hic locus amnoinis amnino erat, via prospecta, Taberna Viviana, Fons Woody Wudensis, Elysium Hogii, Et Negotium Wawanense, His Apicibus Reactis, Nehoius Praecepta Loci Obliviscamor, Prudentia non tantum arca prudentialis, Fortuna, non fortuna quin gentai, veritas non in vino, imoetiam in vino. Postremo ac strenue, dum omnes curricula vitae alii hac, alii illac incipimus, ne curriculis vitae eretiamor. Iane, qui bicipiti acie numquam vigilantiam tuam, factorum futurorum que laxas, fatum norum, Nostrum, in manu dextra relinquimus. Esto, dum progredimor etiam ultra forbense linguinquum, semper hoius loci memorias dulces servemus. Burgulius noster montuanus aet, forsan et haec olim me menisse uabit. Et in versulis cuistam poeta moderni emunem us. Tempus est tuum. It habes, it numquam relinques. Princetonia, Caesara ai de afragrans noai, victuri te salutamus. Aweta et valeta omnes.
I would like to introduce University Provost Amy Gutman, the Lawrence S. Rockefeller University Professor of Politics and the University Center for Human Values, who will introduce this year's winners of the Secondary School Teaching Awards. Each year at commencement, Princeton honors outstanding teachers selected from the secondary schools of New Jersey. In doing so, we gratefully acknowledge the exceptional contributions of our many colleagues who teach in the high schools and middle schools. I would like at this time to recognize each teacher individually, and I ask you to please hold your applause until all of the award winners have been recognized. First, I would ask Michael Corcoran to step forward. Immeasurable. That is the word that one of Michael Corcoran's students in Dickinson High School's science research program uses to describe the positive effect he has had on the lives of his students. He teaches them in his inner city school how to navigate through the unfamiliar and often intimidating territory of science, offering the excitement of discovery as a beacon. He teaches them as well how to navigate through unfamiliar and often challenging life experiences. And in these situations, his example becomes the lodestar. Thank you. Let me now introduce Ernest Reed. Ernest Reed teaches his students at Middlesex County Vocational and Technical High School the valuable connections between history and the present. He works with his colleagues to create links among the traditional academic, technical, and vocational disciplines. He has become a bridge between his school and the global community, building online virtual connections with his students learning throughout the world. Because his students learn to love learning, he is, above all, their gateway to a future of hope. Now I have the pleasure of recognizing Gary Whitehead. If, as one of his colleagues has written, successfully passing the test of time as a teacher means drawing on personal strengths, remaining open to new ideas, and helping students to recognize their own worth and their own potential, then Gary Whitehead passes with flying colors. A published writer himself, this teacher of English opens the pathway to knowledge for students of very different backgrounds, abilities, and aspirations, helping each of his students at Tenafly High School discover his or her own voice. We recognize one other teacher today Alan Feldman, who could not be with us because of a conflict with a prior professional 
commitment, doing the exam questions on an advanced placement test, which he had agreed to do many months before we had invited him. So I would like to read the citation in his honor. Perhaps it is Alan Feldman's experience teaching psychology that has brought such success to his staff development programs. Perhaps it is just because of the fun he has teaching and viewing teaching as infectious. Whatever the reason, Perth Amboy High School is stronger for his efforts inside and outside the classroom for teachers and students alike. In his psychology courses, he demonstrates the master teacher's ability to enthrall and captivate a class, imparting knowledge that is the key to unexplored intellectual worlds. I know you will take the pleasure I do in joining me in acknowledging these teachers' amazing contributions to our society's future. Now let me introduce the Dean of the College and Professor in the Department of History, Nancy Malkiel, who will present the candidates for undergraduate degrees. At this time, we recognize each undergraduate who has qualified for Princeton University's bachelor's degree. Let me remind you at the outset that your diplomas and program certificates can be picked up on Cannon Green behind Nassau Hall at the conclusion of these exercises. We begin with the candidates for the degree of Bachelor of Arts. Before presenting you to President Tillman and to the trustees for the awarding of your degrees, I will introduce you informally department by department. Please stand in place as your department is named. I ask your families, classmates, and friends to withhold their applause until all undergraduates in each group have been introduced. First, I should like to invite the members of the following departments to stand. English, Art and Archaeology, the School of Architecture, and Music. Please be seated. And now the members of these departments. Classics, Comparative Literature, French and Italian, Spanish and Portuguese languages and literatures, Germanic languages and literatures, Slavic languages and literatures, East Asian studies, Near Eastern studies, and the Independent Concentration Program. Please be seated. 
We turn next to the departments of philosophy, religion, and history. Please be seated. Will undergraduate members of these departments please rise? Politics and the Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs. Please be seated. Now those in economics, sociology, and anthropology. Please be seated. Will seniors in these departments please stand? Ecology and evolutionary biology and molecular biology. Please be seated. Finally, I wish to introduce the seniors in receiving Bachelor of Arts degrees in physics, mathematics, astrophysical sciences, computer science, chemistry, geosciences, and psychology. Please be seated. At this time, all candidates for the degree of Bachelor of Arts are invited to stand together. <laughs> President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degree of Bachelor of Arts. Octoritati mihi accuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa vos et gradum primum in artibus et cum honoribus et indicatum est admitto. Please be seated. At this time, we recognize each undergraduate who is qualified for the degree of Bachelor of Science in Engineering. Once again, I will invite you to stand in place as your department is named, and I will ask your families, classmates, and friends to hold their applause until your degrees have been conferred. I invite Bachelor of Science in Engineering candidates in the following departments to rise. Chemical Engineering, Civil and Environmental Engineering, Computer Science, Electrical Engineering, Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering, 
and Operations Research and Financial Engineering. <laughs> President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degree of Bachelor of Science in Engineering. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa. Vos et gradum primen in scientiis in gieris et cum honoribus ut indicatum est admitto. Please take your seats. Let me finally invite the entire class of 2003, 1102 strong, to rise as a body. Artists, writers, <clears throat> scholars, athletes, campus leaders, community volunteers, recipients of honors, certificates, and prizes, members of honor societies, winners of fellowships, you have put your imprint on this university and you leave with our warmest congratulations. Please be seated. The faculty elects the valedictorian each year, taking into account special qualifications as well as scholastic ranking. This year's valedictorian is Peggy Sue, a senior from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I love Princeton. It's because I love it so much that I had such difficulty writing this speech. I started over 13 times. I compiled 21 single-spaced pages of drafts, and I spent more than several late nights in front of my computer. Most of what you are hearing now, however, was not written until 1 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I gave the trustees permission to throw something at me if I nod off. Thankfully, it was the last all-nighter I will ever have to pull, now that I'm going on to medical school. <laughs> I have no more wisdom than any one of you, but I am extremely grateful for the opportunity to speak today, the last time we will be assembled together as a complete entity. I must warn you now that I have often been accused of being a spy from Hallmark, a queen of sentimentality with a habit of playing exceptionally cheesy music, 
at exceptionally loud volumes, at exceptionally early hours, on automatic repeat. Chariots of fire got me through thesis mania. However, commencement is a greeting card occasion and an advice-giving occasion of sorts. So luckily for me, a few Hallmarkian words don't seem to be too inappropriate. Looking back on my four years at Princeton, there were ups and downs, experiences I expected to have but didn't, and experiences I didn't expect to have but did. While my days were structured around lectures and precepts, most of the real learning occurred outside of class time and the classroom. Frequently wandering into my advisor's office and interrupting his train of thought to ask very simple questions, I learned not to be afraid of not knowing. Having extended conversations with and having gotten to know my preceptors, I learned that graduate students are not that scary. Sorry. <laughs> Living in Butler, I learned that suffering brings people together. <laughs> Volunteering, I learned that I did relatively little to deserve my good fortune. Deep frying in Brown Hall, I learned several things. Use a thermometer, keep baking soda handy, and don't do it when others are sleeping. Having a younger brother in the class of 2006, I learned that it's nice having a servant boy. <laughs> Being with my parents this weekend, I relearned the fact that I still haven't completely grown up. Composting behind West Windsor Fields at midnight, I learned that no one tries to look for you if you're hiding in the compost heap. Playing my country tis of thee on the phone, <laughs> I learned that you have to first press nine if you want to finish the whole tune, and that public safety doesn't like it when you accidentally dial 911. <laughs> Conducting molecular biology thesis research on how yeast cells wake up and begin to grow after dormancy I learned that we as graduates are not that different from yeast. We are now waking up, growing, growing up, growing apart. Using a biological phenomenon as a metaphor for a life experience, I learned that the only people who find it clever are myself and President Tillman. <laughs> Being terrified of giving this speech and now giving this speech, I learned that what I was really scared of was failing to live up to other people's expectations of me. Perhaps the most important lesson, however, was one that I learned by being around all of you, speaking with you, reading what you have written, and watching you do what you love, whether it be playing basketball, playing the cello, solving an equation, acting in a play, singing, or dancing. If you take the effort to pay attention, people really are quite amazing. Looking forward, my greatest hope for myself and for all of you is to be perpetually idealistic. Not a naive idealism, but an educated one. From our studies at Princeton, we should know by now that most interesting and pertinent problems have complex solutions. World peace won't be possible tomorrow, and I wonder if it will ever be. But we should all hold some ideal in our hearts, some vision for our world and for our own lives. And we should strive for this ideal in the face of possible and even likely failure. 
In fact, we should sometimes be afraid of failure, because fear only comes when the stakes are high. Yet at the same time, we cannot be paralyzed, but must strive in courage. I end with a quote by Gustave Flaubert, which for three years I had posted on my wall. This year, I had internalized its message that, that I didn't anymore need its physical presence as a reminder. It goes, The most glorious moments in your life are not the so-called days of success, but rather those days when out of dejection and despair, you feel the rise in you a challenge to life and the promise of future accomplishment. The beautiful times in our lives are not the times when we're at the top, but instead those times when we're at the bottom and decide to go up again. Thus, commencement is itself not a glorious moment, but rather a celebration of the more glorious past moments that got us here and all the future ones that will get us to wherever we want to go. So to my fellow students and friends, thank you. To my professors and teachers, thank you. To my family, thank you. And to Princeton, thank you. At this time, I would like to introduce Dean of the Graduate School and the Arthur W. Marks Class of 1919 Professor of Chemical Engineering, William B. Russell, who will present the candidates for advanced degrees. At this time, we recognize each individual who is qualified for an advanced degree from Princeton University. Let me remind you at the outset that if your diploma was conferred by the trustees in their current meeting, it may be picked up behind Nassau Hall on the west side of Cannon Green at the conclusion of these exercises. As many of the candidates for master's degrees as are present, please rise in their places. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and other candidates duly certified who have completed their scholastic requirements for the degrees of Master of Arts, Master of Fine Arts, Master of Arts in Near Eastern Studies, Master in Finance, Master of Architecture, Master in Public Affairs, Master in Public Affairs in Urban and Regional Planning, Master in Policy, Master of Science and Engineering, and Master of Engineering. Octoritati mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa, vos ad gradum secundum admito. Please be seated. Will the candidates for the doctor's degree please stand? President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements 
of the degree of Doctor of Philosophy. Octoritati mihi accuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa vos ad gradum doctoris in philosophia admitto. The doc, please be seated. The Doctor of Philosophy is the highest academic degree awarded, marking an original and independent contribution to the world of scholarship. I am especially pleased to congratulate today's recipients of the PhD degree. It is a very special pleasure for me to confer the President's Awards for Distinguished Teaching. I want to thank Emeritus Trustees Lloyd E. Coatson of the Class of 1950 and John J. F. Sherrod of the Class of 1952 for their endowment of these awards, which enable us to honor today four members of the faculty for a sustained record of excellence in teaching at both the undergraduate and the graduate levels. Dean of the Faculty and James S. McDonald, Distinguished University Professor of Physics, Joseph H. Taylor, will introduce each award winner. I would like to introduce each of the award winners individually. Robert C. Gunning, from the graduate class of 1955, professor of mathematics. I put to you a proposition. Robert Gunning is an outstanding teacher of mathematics. The proof. Distinguished teaching requires an ability to communicate intricate arguments clearly, to offer exposition understandable to the less prepared students, and at the same time full of new content for the more expert ones an ability to establish a personal contact with the class, humanity and enthusiasm. Robert Gunning demonstrates all these qualities. Moreover, in the words of one student, his lectures are like Chopin impromptus, clear with a definite sense of direction, ingeniously planned, perfectly balanced, poetic, yet so spontaneous, so natural. Therefore, Robert Gunning is an outstanding teacher of mathematics. Quod era demonstrandum. <laughs> Joshua T. Katz, assistant professor of classics. Brilliant is from the Latin for to shine, like the gemstone beryl. Teacher is from the Old English for to show or to pronounce solemnly. Whether in his Turbo Greek Accelerated Language course or his courses on historical linguistics or etymology, Joshua Katz is described as a brilliant teacher who is the inspiration for brilliance in others. Solemn he is not. In fact, his colleagues characterize him as witty and astonishingly quick. He is also thoughtful and exceptionally learned productively accessible to students outside the classroom, 
and an engaging performer inside it. Uncovering the roots of words and ideas, he nurtures the joy of learning in his students. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Joshua T. Katz. Harvey S. Rosen, the John L. Uh, John L. Weinberg Professor of Economics and Business Policy. Taxes, that all too certain part of our lives, but a subject to which even his colleagues in economics classify as among the least titillating. Taxes are Harvey Rosen's chosen field. Remarkably, in his, <laughs> remarkably in his courses, taxation is taught without being taxing. Take this one example from students' testimonials, which describes his lecture about multivariable calculus derivations of equivalent variation and complementary good taxation. I quote, Professor Rosen enchants us. <laughs> this Pied Piper of public finance has aroused and held the intellectual curiosity of undergraduates, graduate students, and even staff members of the U.S. Treasury Department with his unusual ability not only to motivate but to inspire. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Harvey S. Rosen. <laughs> Elaine C. Showalter, the Avalon Foundation Professor of the Humanities and Professor of English. Whether in the classroom or online, whether lecturing in her popular undergraduate course on the contemporary novel or leading an alumni college, whether teaching graduate students how to teach or showing her colleagues how to be better teachers, Elaine Showalter deserves her sobriquet of powerhouse professor. Her colleagues pay homage to her vibrant mind, her sense of presentness of the teaching moment, her pioneering use of new pedagogical tools, and her introduction of the literature of women into the classroom. But her students, with succinct eloquence, say it the best. Professor Showalter is wicked cool. <laughs> President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Elaine C. Showalter. Please join me once again in recognizing the contributions of these faculty members to the vitality of Princeton's teaching mission. <laughs> members of the faculty and staff who retire from Princeton this year are recognized in the commencement program. The university is grateful to each of them for their contributions to the Princeton community and their commitment to the fulfillment of the university's mission. Please join me in applause to express our appreciation. like to add to Dean Taylor's recitation of the members of the university community who retire this year and recognize two members of the cabinet who were retiring from their positions, both of them proud graduates of Haverford College. First, I would like to recognize Dean Taylor. 
the James McDonald Distinguished University Professor of Physics, who retires this year after serving six years as Dean of the Faculty. He is returning to his beloved research and teaching in physics, the field in which he was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1993. Joe Taylor embodies the highest aspirations we have for the faculty in that he combines world-class scholarship with a dedication to teaching and service to the university community, and indeed, the larger scientific community in astrophysics. During his term, he has strengthened the quality of the faculty and increased its diversity. His clear-sighted approach to thorny issues, his fairness and integrity, not to mention his sense of humor, have made him a skillful, respected, and very successful dean of the faculty, a position that has been likened in its daunting challenges to that of herding cats. Striped tiger cats, of course. We are delighted that he will remain a member of Princeton's community and continue to influence the future of physics and of young physicists. Thank you. The other member of the cabinet who retires this June is Dean of Admission Fred Hargadon. Over the last 15 years, Dean Hargadon has left an indelible mark on Princeton through the 17,500 Princetonians he has admitted. Every one of those students is a person to Fred. He categorically rejects easy stereotypes and always sees the unique individual applicant lurking behind the numbers and the statistics. As Joe Taylor has done with the faculty, Dean Hargadon has increased both the academic qualifications as well as the diversity of the Princeton undergraduate class. Dean Fred, as he is known to his students, will be with us in a very real sense for four more years through the classes of 04, 05, 06, and 07 who he, of course, admitted. We count on his continuing participation as a member of the university community and look forward to his ubiquitous presence on campus. Princeton has been described as a premier research university with a small liberal arts college at its heart. No one is closer to that heart than Fred Hargadon. The University Orator Robert H. Rawson, Class of 1966 and Chair of the Trustees Executive Committee, will now present the candidates for honorary degrees. President Tillman, 
I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Humanities, Honoris Causa, Natalie Zeman Davis. <laughs> Supremely gifted, she has made giving a way of life. She gives of herself to students, colleagues, friends, readers, and viewers in the vast public touched by her words and moved by her spirit. She has made the gift a subject of study, along with such an array of other themes, that her scholarship extends across the full range of the human arts and sciences. Not content to write about women on the margins, she has guided them to the center of university life, and she has enriched the university by opening it up to talent and ideas beyond the confines of disciplines and conventions. President Tillman, Professor Davis. Octoritati mihi acuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa te ad gradum doctoris in rebus womanis honoris causis admito. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Laws, Honoris Causa, Richard J. Goldstone. In the face of the horrific injustices throughout the world, he has devoted his life to justice, freedom, and peace. In his home of South Africa, his jurisprudence smoothed the transition from apartheid to democracy and vigilantly safeguarded the free country's young constitution. Although much of the world closed its eyes to the genocide in Rwanda and Bosnia, he reminded us that a political leader who seeks to destroy an entire people must be held accountable. A tireless advocate for humanity and human rights, he holds the rank of supreme judge on the court of our highest aspirations. President Tillman, Justice Goldstone. Octoritati mihi acuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa te ad gradum doctoris in legibus honoris causa admitta. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Humanities, Honoris Causa, Claude M. Steele. In masterful lectures and eloquent prose, he lays bare the experience of finding oneself on the wrong side of cultural stereotypes. His penetrating analysis reveals the burden borne by African-American students and by women who seek to excel in domains in which society questions their abilities and encumbers them with negative expectations. Through rigorous experiments elegant in their simplicity, with extraordinary insight and clarity, he enables us to see through the eyes of others and points the way to the creation of educational environments 
in which all students can achieve and flourish. President Tillman, Professor Steele. Octoritati mihi acuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa, te ad gradum doctoris in rebus womanis honoris causa admito. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Science Honoris Causa, Joan Argett Singer Stites. <laughs> Through her precise experiments, she discovered the biochemical mechanisms that allow the cell to make sense from nonsense in the genome, cutting and pasting segments to form a working blueprint for the proteins in the living cell, where the resources of the laboratory have proved inadequate to nature's subtlety. She has shown how to reason back from the body's autoimmune responses to reveal the intricate machinery of biological information processing. In achieving distinction at a time when few women were accepted in her field, she has opened the door for other women to follow her into the front ranks of research and teaching in the sciences. President Tillman, Professor Stites. Octoritati mihi acuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa, te ad gradum doctoris in scientiis honoris causa admito. And finally, President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Laws, Honoris Causa, Lawrence H. Summers. As a public servant, most notably as Secretary of the Treasury, he was a steward of our nation's economic well-being. He presided over a period of prosperity marked by an increase in productivity, an increase in employment, and a decrease in our national debt. As president of our preeminent sister institution on the Charles, he is now entrusted with assets more valued than gold, students and scholars who will help shape the world's future. Whether as a steward of our financial or of our intellectual resources, he is ever guided by the pursuit of excellence. President Tillman, Dr. Summers. Octoritati mihi acuratoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa, te ad gradum doctoris in legibus honoris causa admito. I would now ask all of our honorary degree recipients to stand together once more, I would ask our graduates and guests to join me in applauding their outstanding accomplishments. Graduating students, honorary degree recipients, distinguished members of the faculty and staff, trustees, alumni, 
family, and friends. It is a great pleasure for me to indulge Princeton's long-standing tradition of allowing the university president to have the last word at these commencement ceremonies. As a faculty member for 17 years, I know well the value of having the chance to sum up at the end of class. But even more powerfully, as the proud parent of Rebecca, a member of the class of 2003, it's been my experience that getting in the last word in the company of Princeton students is a rare occasion, and one not to be missed. At the same time, I understand that my victory is going to be short-lived. For in just a few minutes, you will make that great leap forward and become Princeton alumni. And as we all know, Princeton alumni are always accorded the honor of the last word when it comes to their alma mater. I want to begin with my warmest congratulations to you all for what you have accomplished in such a short time. You've amazed us with your intellectual prowess, exhausted us with your bottomless reserves of energy, surprised us with your new perspectives on old ideas, challenged us with your entrepreneurship, thrilled us with your athletic achievements, uplifted us with your commitment to social justice, and moved us with your artistic performances. You've contributed in so many ways to making Princeton a lively and interesting place to study and to grow. As members of the class of 2003, you arrived as teenagers, and you now leave as adults. While you were here, the world moved under your feet. The economy's irrational exuberance, that phrase made famous by Alan Greenspan, came to a screeching halt, and your job outlook responded accordingly. International terrorism, a daily fact of life for many in the rest of the world, reached the shores of the United States on September the 11th, 2001, and altered for the foreseeable future any sense that this country is immune from the dangers that threaten elsewhere. This spring, the United States embarked on a preemptive war, and whatever your views on the wisdom or the outcome of that action, in so doing, recast the way in which this nation plays its dominant role on the international stage. Without question, the world you will enter in just a few minutes when you walk out those gates is a very different place from the day you arrived in Princeton. But whatever your elders have accomplished, for good or for ill, it is now your world. And it is your turn to shape it so that the world you, we, you bequeath to the next generation is better than the one that you now inherit. This is what is expected of you, of every generation of Princetonians. For it is only by preparing its graduates to continue to go out into the world and to make a real difference 
through their work and their service to others, that Princeton can justify the faith that has been placed in it by those who have given so generously over the last 257 years to make Princeton the university that it is today. By investing in Princeton, our benefactors believed that they were investing, in the words of a former trustee, in uncommon individuals and important ideas. And through those individuals and ideas, in a better future for everyone. The specific components of a Princeton education have evolved over time, but our central aim has remained the same, to instill in each graduate those qualities of mind and character necessary for good citizenship and wise leadership. It will not surprise you to learn that those qualities remain much as they were first articulated centuries ago. They include a broad intellectual curiosity that embraces open-mindedness coupled with critical thinking, respect for our moral and cultural heritage coupled with a capacity for innovation and change, an appreciation of the shared destiny and common humanity of all peoples and core principles of responsibility, integrity, and courage. This is the checklist against which you should judge the effectiveness of your Princeton education. We reject the limiting notion that Princeton is preparing its undergraduates for a specific career. I certainly hope someone told your parents that four years ago. As Wilson said, Woodrow Wilson said in 1909, as he reflected on the 19th century, in Princeton, the college has been the seat of ideals. The liberal training which it sought to import took new, no thought of any particular profession or business, but was meant to reflect in its few and simple disciplines the image of life and thought. The disciplines may be neither few nor simple today, but they are at the heart of our educational philosophy. It is through the immersion in those disciplines that graduates acquire the habits of mind that will serve them well, whatever their profession. Through our distribution requirements, you have been exposed to ideas and ways of knowing across the humanities, the social sciences, the natural sciences, and engineering. The civil engineers among you have read Dante, with Professor Robert Hollander. And the European medievalists learned from Professor David Billington why suspension bridges don't fall down. It is not that we expect Italian medievalists to go out and build bridges. In fact, we prefer it if they don't, at least not with a little more training. We know full well that you will forget most of the facts that you have learned. But what we hope you will retain is the capacity to integrate ideas and exercise thoughtful judgment across many aspects of human endeavor. 
with our particular emphasis on independent work, beginning with freshman seminars and culminating in the senior thesis, work that is conducted in close harmony with distinguished faculty who were at the forefronts of their fields. You have developed lifelong learning habits of a scholar and acquired the confidence and the pride that comes when you have truly mastered a subject. Alumni from all decades tell me that their senior thesis was the most important part of their Princeton experience, which explains why a very sensible and distinguished member of our faculty came close to being tarred and feathered a few years ago when he suggested that the senior thesis be made voluntary. Of course, the outcry came from those who had already completed their senior thesis. No one, to my knowledge, polled the junior class. Our educational goals, of course, are somewhat different from those of you who are receiving your master's degrees, whether it's in architecture, finance, engineering and applied science, or the Woodrow Wilson School. In your case, our intention is to prepare you for specific careers by providing you with a thorough exposure to the intellectual underpinnings of your chosen profession, as well as the practical skills that it requires. Here, we have every expectation that the architect's building will stay upright. For those of you who have completed your doctoral degrees, you are the future of the global academy, and thus you have a very special place at Princeton. With your commitment to the life of the mind, your devotion to discovery within your discipline, and your dedication to teaching as well as to learning, we look to you to become leaders in your chosen fields and to draw upon your advanced learning and the skills you have developed as scholars and teachers to push back the frontiers of knowledge and help create a better world for us all. A sense of responsibility for the well-being of others is deeply ingrained in Princeton's historic commitment to public service for all of its graduates. Public service comes in many forms. It can involve positions in local, state, or federal government or international agencies, volunteer service in your communities and schools, participation in charitable or other nonprofit organizations, or speaking out for the interests of others or of the community at large. Whatever the particular circumstance, public service in today's world requires an ability to see the world through the eyes of others who are different from you. Whether it is being able to imagine what it feels like to be a young black man who is followed by a clerk whenever he enters a store, or a gay man who is afraid to enter a bar for fear of being physically harassed, or a woman in traditional Muslim dress, who is charged with terrible deeds committed by others. We are stronger individuals if we can put ourselves in someone else's shoes 
if we can ground our actions in true understanding. This is the point that the late Princeton Nobel laureate in economics, Sir Arthur Lewis, was conveying in the quotation that is emblazoned on the walls of the Frist Campus Center. He said, what distinguishes the civilized man from the barbarian is not that he lacks passion, but that his passion is commingled with compassion. Woodrow Wilson used different words to say the same thing over 100 years ago. He said, the real enemies of the country are not the men who deliberately propose evil, but the men who are so situated that they are cut off in understanding and in sympathy from the body of their fellow citizens. One of the things that makes us unserviceable citizens is that there are certain classes of men with whom we have never been able to associate and whom we have, therefore, been unable to understand. Wilson said, I believe that the process of a university should be a process of unchosen contacts. Today, Princeton is deeply committed to having Wilson's unchosen contacts occur on our campus. This spring, the university signed an amicus brief prepared by Harvard University for two Supreme Court cases involving challenges to the admission policies of the undergraduate college and the law school at the University of Michigan. The brief asked the court to reaffirm the 1978 decision of Justice Powell in the Regents of the University of California versus Backey case. Powell argued that a diverse student body was a constitutionally permissible goal for an institution of higher education and declared that the nation's future depends upon leaders trained through wide exposure to the ideas and the mores of students as diverse of this nation of many peoples. For make no mistake about it, we are a nation of many peoples. The demographics of this country have changed dramatically in the 30 years since I sat on a rickety seat like yours as a newly minted college graduate. In 1970, 87.5% of the U.S. population was white, 11% were of African-American descent, and other ethnic groups were barely measurable. Today, while African-Americans as a percentage of the population have remained largely unchanged, the percentage of white Americans has fallen below 75%, as the population of Hispanics and Asian and Pacific Islanders have grown 11-fold in the last two decades. The United States, a country that was born of immigrants and whose great strength has come from its ability to productively absorb wave upon wave of immigrants who have come here to find a better life, is a much richer tapestry today. 
The many briefs that were submitted by colleges and universities arguing in favor of the educational value of diverse multicultural campuses were joined by those prepared on behalf of major corporations, unions, members of Congress, and former military leaders, all of whom argued that they depend upon colleges and universities like Princeton to educate a broadly diverse workforce. This is part of what it means to be Princeton in the nation's service. By providing each of you with a multicultural education, we have prepared you for the real global community that you are about to enter. In addition to the knowledge you've acquired, the cognitive skills you have developed, and the friendships you have formed, you leave Princeton with principles and values that will undergird everything that you do. One of the highest goals of our admission process is to identify candidates who bring with them a commitment to such qualities as integrity and courage. And then we seek to do all that we can to strengthen and reinforce those qualities while you are here. Our commitment to integrity is embodied in the honor code that every undergraduate signs after every in-class exam. For 110 years, this pledge has symbolized the importance we place on academic integrity, on doing your own work, and on properly acknowledging when you draw from the ideas of others. Ideas, after all, are the coin of our realm, and it is essential that we uphold the value of our currency by insisting on the highest standards. Integrity also embraces respect for the ideas and the values of others, and the ability to engage in civil discourse even when differences of opinion are deeply felt. Over the last year, our campus community has had many opportunities to engage in lively and occasionally difficult debates. The continuing conflict in the Middle East where Israelis and Palestinians live with heels dug in deep, while a downward spiral of suicide bombings followed by military retaliations lead to tragic loss of life, has strong voices speaking out on all sides. I'm very proud that the Princeton community has been able to have this discussion without rancor, or the undercurrent of anti-Semitism that has erupted on other campuses. The outbreak of war in Iraq elicited a response by our students and faculty that seemed exactly right to me, to invite prominent scholars, policymakers, practitioners from across the globe to explore the issues in settings large and small including at the inaugural Princeton Colloquium on Public and International Affairs that was sponsored this spring by the Woodrow Wilson School. As the mission of the colloquium so eloquently stated, by hearing historians consider the antecedents of American unilateralism, philosophers debate the moral and ethical dimensions of the good and evil dichotomy. A 
economists and practitioners analyze its effects on global welfare, and political scientists and diplomats discuss the impact of events on the structure of the international system, we could examine the issues surrounding the war from a multitude of perspectives and discuss them with great civility. The goal of this and other forums is not to reach agreement. Often, that will be impossible. The goal is to learn to engage in respectful discourse on important and difficult topics on which fair-minded individuals will disagree, and out of that discourse, to deepen our own understanding. Finally, the translation of aspiration <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Just for that, I'm going to talk for another hour. <laughs> Finally, the translation of aspiration into action frequently requires courage. Courage comes in many guises. The courage to fight for what you believe is right, in the face of opposition from your peers and sometimes even your teachers. The courage to make up your own mind and not simply follow the crowd or the polling data. The courage to keep going when everyone else is ready to give up. It takes courage to admit that you're wrong. It takes courage to play through pain or impending defeat on the athletic field and to inspire your teammates to do the same. It takes courage to come out of the closet. It takes courage to tell your friend that he hasn't had enough to drink and should go home to bed. It takes courage to lose with grace. It takes courage to report a violation of the honor code. Courage, in other words, is hard and the times we need to draw upon it are generally not of our own choosing and frequently arise without warning. By fostering an intellectual and residential community where integrity, tolerance, and respect for others are paramount, Princeton has tried to create safe and fertile ground for your courage to be expressed and I am proud of the ways in which you have shown individual courage over these last years. The challenges will be much greater, and the havens will be less safe after you walk out Fitzrandolph Gate. But I'm confident that you will carry with you the spirit of Princeton, and that it will give you courage as well as comfort in the years to come. I hope that you will carry with you all that this place has inspired to teach you, the exuberance that comes from learning and discovery, the compassion to care for others less fortunate, a commitment to the highest standards of honor and integrity, the imagination to follow the unexplored path, and the freedom to dream. My very best wishes go with you all.
At the conclusion of the benediction and after the singing of Old Nassau, guests are requested to remain in place until the platform party and the degree candidates have left the front campus and returned to Cannon Green. The benediction will be pronounced by Dean Morrow. Will you rise, please? Goodbye, which is a contraction, of course, for God be with you. God be with you as you march out the Fitzrandolph Gate and into the next stage. God be with you as you find work which satisfies and delights you, as you find work which has value. God be with you as you form friendships and forge communities and embrace the mystery of love. God be with you as you broaden your horizons, as you widen your circle of compassion, as you deepen your sense of service. God be with you, graduate school graduates. God be with you, class of 2003. God be with you when the sun is shining and when it starts to rain. God be with you, goodbye. Please join us in singing our alma mater.
Thank <laughs> you.